CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. Cousins throws, picked off, and it could be trouble up the far sideline. Sam Franklin from the one-yard line. Cousins trying to track him down. He'll cut it back. Oh, we thought today would be different, especially after that 99-yard pick six by Sam Franklin Jr. early in that game against the Vikings. But Carolina's lead was short-lived, and they fall to 0-4 on the season. Welcome into an hour-long edition of Charlotte Sports Live. He's Mike Lissette. I'm Grace Grill, and another tough day to be a Carolina Panthers fan, Mike. Yeah, we got team coverage of everything that happened on the field at Bank of America Stadium and, of course, reaction from Frank Reich and company afterwards. But first, we'll show you how it all went down. Out to the bank, and after missing last week's game with an ankle injury, Bryce Young was back trying to get Carolina its first win of the year. He, however, was not responsible for the Panthers' first points of the day. That honor went to Sam Franklin. He stole Minnesota's first drive away with the interception on Kirk Cousins, and he'd take it to the house for a franchise record 99-yard pick six. Panthers up 7-0. Back to Young, though. Coming in, first drive later in the quarter, came out firing. Going to find Adam Thielen for a gain of 19. Former Viking had seven catches for 76 yards. Yeah, but that drive would only result in a field goal. So at that point, it was 10-0 Panthers. End of the second quarter, Carolina continued to make life tough for Cousins. Here comes the pressure, and Cousins is hit as he throws. There's another pick. This time, it's Camu Grugier-Hill with the takeaway, and it was the 11th turnover of the season for Minnesota. They lead the league in that department, Mike. Final seconds of the half, Carolina getting within field goal range. This is a 56-yarder from Eddie Pinheiro, and it is good as time expires. Career long for Eddie P. Panthers up 13-7 at the break. Yeah, so the defense doing its part. Carolina hoped the offense would wake up in the third, but that didn't happen. Minnesota, one of the worst teams in creating turnovers, but they get one here. Young, the fumble, it's taken back 51 yards by DJ Wanham for the touchdown. Vikings, with that, take their first lead of the day. It's now 14-13. End of the quarter now, going to go from bad to worse. Cousins, end zone, best receiver in the game. Justin Jefferson, 30-yard touchdown. Cousins leads the league in passing yards, but today only had 139 to go along with two scores. Panthers down 21-13 going into the fourth quarter. Carolina couldn't get a good drive going first time out, but their second was a different story. Young coming alive. It's DJ Chark for a gain of 18. Then later, Young to Terrace Marshall for a gain of 14. Panthers of the Minnesota 36. Young a perfect 16 for 16 passing in the second to that point. However, that's when the comeback crumbled. Down at the Minnesota 9, Young sacked on second down. Panthers back down to the Minnesota 18. After an incomplete pass, now it all came down to the fourth, down to the fourth down for Carolina. And once again, though, Young taken down. Harrison Smith, two late sacks. He finished with 14 tackles for the game. And despite 204 yards from Young, Panthers fall to 0-4. They go down today 21-13. All right, checking out the final game stats in this one. Bryce Young throwing for 204 yards, but five sacks by the Vikings. Knocked those passing numbers down a good bit. Carolina with just 83 yards rushing. Vikings, meanwhile, with 135 running the rock. The difference in this game came in the red zone. Carolina failing to convert both of their chances 
down there. And now we head out there to Bank of America Stadium where Carla Gebhardt and Gabe McDonald continue our team coverage tonight. Thanks so much, guys. Yes, unfortunately, the Panthers fall to 0-4 in Week 4, losing to the Vikings 21-13. And this one was a tough one to watch, especially, Gabe, just because they come, came out so well in the first half um, and then things kind of falter from that. But what were your overall impressions of today's game? I think the big thing that we saw, we saw this defense being able to be opportunistic and force turnovers. I think it was good to see a lot more balance offensively as well right. with Bryce Young back in the lineup. You're getting the running game going. He was able to take some shots down the field, but still you got to be able to put things together for four quarters. The first half started off great, and then the second half you give up five sacks, three to Harrison Smith on offense. You can't have that in the defense, just you know, just kind of weathering away. It's just kind of a similar story what we've seen so far this year, being able to come out strong, but the second half just not being able to keep it all together. Yeah, you mentioned the five sacks for 55 yards. That was uh, tough to watch in the second half. We're going to talk much more about the offense here in a little bit, but we're going to start out on a bright note, and that yeah. is the defense, and that was really the first defensive possession that we saw where we saw a pick six yep. from Sam Franklin, and I don't think you can underestimate enough how big of a moment this was, not only for him and his career with his yep. first start happening today, but really the momentum shift that that caused for the whole team today. No, that's exactly what they needed. I mean, you needed to find that spark, that big play, that play that just, you know, can get the fans going. There wasn't a lot of blue and black in the stands, <laughs> which we'll get not. to that a little bit later, but it was good to really just ignite this crowd because you look at these first three games, we haven't really had that big play that can really get guys going and just light a fire so I think having that to start the game especially for him filling in for Xavier Woods what a moment for him the longest pick six in franchise That's history right. 99 yards and he actually ran 20.6 miles an hour <laughs> now he did look a little slow he was looking for the block at first right then Deshaun Jameson gets a great block on Kirk Cousins the rest is history but a great moment for him in the defense Utor Gross Matos as well a lot of people were kind of doubting him coming into the season yeah comes out and has one of his best games of his career if not the best game of his career so those two guys doing what they did today is definitely a good sign yeah, much improved from both of those guys. And I would even say, you know, for Sam Franklin, we've yeah. seen him do so much, so many good things on special right. teams. So for him to have that moment and to make history here in Carolina, uh, just such a bright spot. So good to see. And listen, we've been calling for a defensive touchdown yeah. for weeks now. And so to finally get that one and for it to be him who maybe solidifies his, right. his space a little bit longer until Xavier Woods returns, it's just exciting. No, for sure. And these guys being able to get pressure as well. We saw, obviously, you tour getting the big hit yeah. that forced the, pick, the interception that Kamu Grouche Hill got. So you got him stepping in, which he's really done a great job. You look at last week in Seattle, leading the team in tackles, you know, filling in for Shaq Thompson, a big void for this team. He's really stepped up in a big way. So they're getting a lot of good plays from a lot of guys who we're not used to seeing. Exactly. It's just now we want to see everybody pick it together. But I think I can see this defense moving in the right direction. Yeah, Jero uh, Vero doing some wonders on the defensive yeah. side with his play calling. And you mentioned it's a lot of faces that we haven't seen. Listen, we had Dante Jackson yep. go out again in this game right. with a shoulder injury. He did not return into that game, but that's on top of a lot of players on the defensive side right. being missed already. And so it's just uh, it's good to see that they're able to, you know, play the next man up yeah. and, and to fill those position positions easily. But but listen, that those are the bright spots for the defense. We got a lot more to break down even with the defensive side. But let's go ahead and toss it to coach who had a lot to say after the game today. Kind of finger point. Um, we're going to go back to work. We're all going to own it. We got to get better. Um, you know, kind of our theme this week a little bit was, you know, talk is talk. It's time for action. And so, you know, that's what we got to do. We got to get back to work. Um, you know, there's a, long, there's a lot of games left. We take them one at a time. It, 
you know, whether we win the rest of them or whatever we do, you know, we're professionals, you know, so we go in. Um, I believe in some ways we're getting better. In other ways, we still have a lot, a long ways to go. Um, we've been in every one of these, I feel like we've been in every one of these games in the fourth quarter and have had an opportunity to win every one in the fourth quarter. So I don't think, I really don't think we're that far away. In some respects, I feel like we're close. In other respects, I feel like we got a long way to go, coaching and playing to get it right. So we've talked about the good things on the defensive side of the ball and the bright spots to really pull from this game, but there's also some bad things that happen. And you look to the second half yep. again where the defense uh, notably was tired, and you yeah. can certainly see why they would be tired. They played a lot of snaps today on the field, and you really notice that in the, in the run game and, and the run blocking. Yeah, the big thing, too, I mean, you looked at a lot of the times this defense, they only had really one linebacker, Frankie Luvu, on the field. They were throwing a lot of different looks. Of course, Minnesota does things a lot differently where they're more passing the ball down the field. I mean, when you have arguably the best receiver in all of football, right. you got to be able to account for that. And you've got to think about it, too. Dante going down, J.C.'s already out. So you got C.J. Henderson and Deshaun Jamison trying to guard Jordan Addison, who's a speedster, the rookie. But, of course, Jordan Jefferson coming out, two touchdowns. You right. know he's going to get his. The thing was the pass rush, even though it was effective for most of the first half, they had to be able to put it together in the second half to take the load off that secondary, and that's a big thing that we didn't see in that second half. Yeah, and something with the Vikings, too, is you always have to know where he is on the field, right. Justin Jefferson, but you can't have too much coverage True. on that as well because then they'll fake you out as well. Especially and, the screens. Yeah, the screens. Um, so certainly something to learn from. The The film is going to be very uh, important for this defense to, to really take a look at. But, but overall, a lot to build on. And, for again, sure. a lot of these younger guys are getting reps. And so, you know, yeah, you head to Detroit. Detroit next week and it's going to be a tough battle yeah. but again you got to go back and, and look at the film right now but let's go ahead and take a listen to some of the guys in the locker room after the game uh, man, honestly you can't get too down on yourself uh, so you know what I'm saying like it's at a certain point in time and you got to man up you know um, and that time has been been well overdue uh, so I, I mean I don't have much to say like I said I want actions to speak you know time doesn't stop Still early in the season, we just gotta we gotta find a way to win. You know, just at the end of the day, that's that's just has to happen. Like we gotta finish these games. Um, I feel like you know we play a solid three quarters every game, and then we just can't finish. So uh, we gotta fix that. So certainly some disappointing moments for these guys to really reflect on all week. It's going to be a long week until they are able to get another chance at it against Detroit. 0-4 to start this season. Um, but still some career days. We've already mentioned uh, Sam Franklin. You mentioned Etor Grossmatos yeah. and really some career days for those guys. Yeah, it was big for him to come out and just, you know, a big confidence boost for him because coming in, you know, obviously coming in to the draft in 2020, this is kind of his make or break year for him. And a lot of people were doubting him coming in. He comes out, has one of his best games ever. So I think it's a good spot for him just to have that confidence and really build on that moving forward because you got to think about it. Brian Burns, he's been kind of dealing with a little bit of a nagging injury. Justin Houston, don't want to say he's too old, but in football right. years, he's up yeah. there. So, I mean, you got to have a younger guy that can come in and do what he did. And I think this is going to be big for him moving forward because now he's like, all right, I can go out there. I can be effective. Now let's put it all together and do it for the rest of the year. Absolutely. And we actually got to talk to Etor Gross Matos. You can see that interview here coming up in a little bit. We got much more for you from Bank of America Stadium, guys in just a little bit. All right, looking forward to it all. Meanwhile, NASCAR returns to Charlotte next weekend. But first thing is first, they've now reached the middle round of the race of 12, and it figured to be a tough one, considering it took place at the track we talked to Tame.
Talladega for the Yellowwood 500. According to the 11 owner, Michael Jordan giving a pep talk to the driver of the 23, Bubba Wallace. He was two points below the cut line at today's race, a race that had plenty of twists and turns. This was lap 122 coming out of pit road. Ty Gibbs drove away with a gas can, and oh my, that is the result back there. They were able to get the fire out, but Denny Hamlin's car took damage. Wasn't happy about it afterwards. Brad Keselowski won the second stage. He did not, however, win the race thanks to this moment with 27 laps left. Keselowski now sitting in eighth in the standings, just two points ahead of Tyler Reddick. As for the finish, it was a good one. Final lap, so much happened. Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick head-to-head -head as they come to the line. Oh. Behind all that, a giant clash as we take a look at the finish. Just barely, it's Blaney coming first. He's officially on to the round of eight with Harvick just behind him, and it's William Byron, Hamlin, Corey LaJoy. They all did well. Top five back to Blaney. This is second win of the season and third at Dega. Pretty wild last restart, but let alone last uh, couple laps, you know, kind of losing momentum, getting it back. Um, just getting clear to the bottom to kind of get to the front row and um, drag race it out with Kevin. So really proud of uh, the whole 12 group, man. All right, well, back to football. Two of the Panthers' NFC South counterparts taking losses today. We'll take you across the division next. Plus details on the Hornets camp and preseason schedule as we quickly approach the start of the upcoming season. More CSL is around the corner. Well, back here on Charlotte Sports Live and taking a look at the rest of the NFC South. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks in New Orleans. And down three in the second quarter, third and goal. Mayfield escapes pressure and dumps it to Cade Otten. Touchdown, Bucks, and they have the lead. Bucks again just before the half. Oh, this Mayfield with the floater. Trey Palmer, bucket. If you go the fourth quarter, how about the patience and the footwork here by Baker Mayfield? He sees Devin Tompkins flashing across the end zone, and he will lay out for this one. Check that out. Looks like a shortstop out there. Bucks win it 26 to 9 over the Saints. The same guy that played for the Panthers last year? Meanwhile, Falcons were across the pond taking on the Jaguars. Atlanta looking to avoid a second straight loss to Jacksonville, giving them all sorts of problems in the first half. Desmond Ritter picked off. Darius Williams taking it back. Jags up 17 0. And if you're curious, this is how the play looked on ESPN's Toy Story version of the broadcast. Grace, they say, will never live on the moon. And to those I say, look at this and tell me that nothing isn't possible. That's a double negative, but you can follow along. Falcons lose this one by the count of 23-7. Turning our attention back to the Panthers, while the offense failed to show up, the defense once again showed out. Yeah, Etor Gross Matos was a huge part of that effort today, and he joined Carla and Gabe after the game. All right, we are here with Etor Gross Matos and a career day for you, Etor. Four solo tackles, one sack, and two tackles for loss. What was it about today that allowed you to perform, perform so well? Uh, you know, just being in my playbook, studying hard. Um, and, you know, when opportunities came, I was able to capitalize. They ran a lot of stuff towards me. Um, so, obviously, when, I, when it came, I was able to capitalize. Do you think the, the sense of urgency that Frank Wright talked about all week, do you think that was reflected today despite the result? Uh, you know, I think we, we gave a little bit more this week. Um, and I, I mean, that offense and defense, everybody put in a little bit more, sacrificed a little bit more. But, you know, we just didn't get the job done. We came up short. We got to go back. We got to go look at what happened, what we did, and what we could do better. And you're down a lot of men. Dante Jackson goes down in this game. A lot of starters, obviously, out this far into the season. What's been the message in the defense 
defensive room in? How are you replacing those guys? Because it's a lot right now. Yeah. Uh, I just think, you know, we got to trust the next guy. You know, everybody's got to be ready to go. So when it's your time to go, you can go. Um, and there's no drop-off between the ones and the twos. So um, just trust the next man that he knows. He knows his job. He knows what to do. And when he's in a position, he's going to make that play. And one of those guys feeling in being Sam Franklin coming up, I mean, with the yeah. biggest play so far yeah. on defense this year. I mean, just take me through what you saw there and just how great it was to see him have that moment in his first start. Absolutely. You know, he's a guy, you know, he's kind of known as a special teams guy. Um, somebody goes down, he gets an opportunity to play. You know, he comes up big with that pick six, you know, runs it all the way down the field, which is awesome. He's incredible. He's been a leader since he's been here. Um, you know, that's exactly what I was talking about. And you've been a part of some difficult seasons before. What's different about how this team is approaching maybe a, a slower start to the season? Um, you know, we just we didn't get the result we want, but, you know, we're just we're close. We're close, you know. Um, and we got a lot of great leaders, a lot of guys take accountability, um, and everybody's coming together collectively to see what, what we can do with Sixers. And you're about to hit the road for a couple of games ahead of the bye, going to Detroit, then going to Miami. Just, you know, what's the mindset going into those and so you guys can put forth good performances so you can go into the bye just feeling a little bit better about yeah. the rest of the way going forward? I just go out there and give it all, you know, go out there, prepare, get ready. Um, you know, it, it's another game. We got we to go out there and play those guys. All righty, Tori, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. More Panther coverage ahead, but first, your Charlotte Hornets start training camp in less than 36 hours. The team will practice Tuesday through Friday at the Spectrum Center. The preseason schedule begins the following week with a road game against Miami on October 10th. And two nights later, we'll be in our nation's capital against the Wizards. The final two preseason games are here against Oklahoma City and Boston. Checking out the key regular season games, Hornets will be on ESPN Friday, January 12th when they visit San Antonio in a matchup between the top three picks for this year's draft. Other notable games include the season opener, that's Wednesday, October 25th at the Spectrum Center against the Hawks. Another big one happens about two months later, September 23rd, the defending champion Nuggets make their first and only appearance at the Spectrum Center this year. Also only see LeBron James and the Lakers only once. They'll be here Monday, February 5th. Charlotte native Steph Curry won't be in town until March 29th. All right, well, after that Panthers loss, we all needed something bright around here. So we oh, decided man. to bring in everybody's favorite meteorologist, Andrew Brightman. Brighter Brightman. Get it? You're ready you know, to answer some questions? At least you're the only one saying everyone's favorite meteorologist. I'll, I'll take that. At least there's one person saying that. All right. <laughs> all right, let's get two minutes on the clock, please. Andrew, you are up first. The biggest surprise for you from today's Panthers game. I did not have it on my Panthers game bingo card that the defense was going to outscore the offense. Again, only six points offensively here. We got just over 200 yards from Bryce Young. Again, I don't know what the solution is, but the problem has just been so much on the offensive side of the ball. The defense have been gamers so far in the season. We just got to figure it out on offense. And no, Sam Franklin was like ready for that. He was like, here, we'll give you the first one. Go out and do the rest. All right, Mike. Speaking of that offense, great Bryce Young's performance today. You know, that 16 for 16 in the second half was good and a glimpse into maybe what we can expect down the line. Unfortunately, he failed to come through in the clutch, so I got to go C-plus. Yeah, that's kind of been the trend here. All right, Andrew, how do you feel about Carolina's chances in the NFC South after today? You know, being 0-4, probably not great, but hey, it is the NFC South, but all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield earning himself first off a lot of money with his play so far through the first four games, but they still got two games against the Bucs. We'll see. They, can, they still have time to turn it around. Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing him 
come back here. All right, Mike, Hornets start training camp on Tuesday. What are you most looking forward to? I want to see how Miles looks. I mean, we haven't seen him in a year. We know he's been working out, but there's a big difference between working out, playing at the Y and other places, and playing in the NBA. I want to see if he can be the Miles in two seasons ago. All right, Andrew, there's another team here in Charlotte, yeah. a football team that struggles on offense. The Charlotte 49ers <laughs> are one in four. Do you think they can get it together and be eligible for a bowl? You know, it started off so great during the season. It beat SC State, then they had the uh, 14 to nothing against Maryland, five glorious quarters. I mean, they have the bye week, and then they get to play Navy. It's going to be tough, though, as they wrap up the season. Probably not, but again, there's some hope. All right, Mike, you are a professional athlete. For one night, what is your walkout song, your walk-up song? I, I would go Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song. The glass breaks, you come of through. Of you course. start And smashing things and, you know, ball of fire. Andrew, you got one? Uh, you know, uh, actually, I, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 Put I, you on the spot. Put you on the spot. I know, that's a tough one. You have to, like, think about it because it, it's like, there's something to that. Yeah. All right, the strike in Hollywood is over, and we're celebrating with some star-studded highlights in high school football. Our top prep plays of the week are coming up next. All right, how many times have we seen this story play out? Charlotte FC either blowing a lead or blowing the chance for a draw. Last night, the crown went into Gillette Stadium and looked like they'd walk away with a point against the Revolution. But a minute after scoring the game-tying goal, they gave up the game-winning goal. 30 matches this season, Charlotte has 11 losses and 12 ties. Uh, one point or zero, okay, we will, uh, I would have liked to come away with a point because I think this is what we deserve. But we have four more games that we need to uh, approach to go and win the, the next four. Alrighty, if there's one thing we can count on for Hollywood is that they churn out the same stuff over and over and over again. I mean, right now, I could think of like five movies about high school football that essentially have the same plot. But fear not, because there is hope for the future, and it comes in the form of this week's Blitz Top Plays. The Hollywood strike is over. That means fresh content is on the way from our friends out west. But just in case a severe case of writer's block breaks out across Tinseltown, fear not. For those in need of a creative spark, our Blitz top plays are here to provide the necessary inspiration. Our first nominee couldn't have been scripted any better. It's got action, it's got drama, and it's got a happy ending. Samaritan Page made it all happen with this touchdown for Mallard Creek. The Mavs would go on to beat North Mech 34-7. From that same game, there was a plot twist in the form of a halfback pass from our second nominee. It happened here as Curtis Clark found Benjamin Black for another score as Mallard Creek continued to pour it on in its third win of the season. Finally, if Hollywood is looking for its next leading man, our third nominee does his own stunts. Full extension from Curtis Fields, he gets the pick for Wes Cabarrus, but despite the seniors' best efforts, the Wolverines still fell to Lake Norman 26-23. If this next part feels like a reboot, you're right. But much like the 33rd Avengers movie, we are all in if you keep watching and voting. To decide which of these plays was the best, head to our X page at CSL on QCN and make your pick. The polls close Thursday morning. And that, folks, is a wrap. Movie magic right there. Well, this was not magic. It looked good early, but Bryce Young and the Panthers could not get their first win of the season. We'll recap what went right and 
what went really wrong from the bank next. Hi, well, in case you missed it, Panthers and Vikings both looking for their first win of the season today. Bryce Young was back after being out last week with an ankle injury, and things could not have started any better for the Panthers. Sam Franklin Jr. picks off Kirk Cousins on Minnesota's opening drive and takes it 99 yards Bye, for the touchdown. <laughs> That's a Panthers franchise record for longest interception return. And the Panthers up 7-0, and the offense hasn't even seen the field yet. They tack on a field goal, so they are up 10-0 in the second. But here's Kirk Cousins. He rolls out, and he finds who else? Justin Jefferson in the end zone to cut the lead to three. However, it was downhill from there for the Panthers. Third quarter, Minnesota blitzes Bryce Young. He is strip-sacked, and the Vikings scoop and score to take their first lead of the game. Minnesota would get another touchdown as the Panthers drop to 0-4 on the season, 21-13, the final from the bank. All right, so look, 0-4, not great. But to give you all a little bit of hope is that there has been one team that has made the playoffs starting 0-4, and that would be the 1992 San Diego Chargers. Yeah, after that awful start, they would win 11 of their next 12 games to make the postseason. It's a long shot, but, you know, we can dream, right? We can, and we can also send it back out to Bank of America Stadium, where our crew is standing by. Well, that's right, guys. We are still talking about another loss for the Panthers to go 0-4 on the season. And if you're looking at the loss, a lot of the blame uh, typically goes to the offensive side of the ball, and that's certainly the case for the Carolina Panthers. They came out with a good drive to start, yeah. and I think that's kind of what we've seen is usually a good first half, yeah. and the second half falls apart. But what, what were your kind of overall thoughts about the way the offense played today? Just the offensive line, it starts with those guys up front. I mean, you got to be able to give Bryce Young – time in the pocket. He's running around for his life a lot out there. Now, it was good to see a lot more balance compared to last week. Right. Of course, last week they were trailing for most of that game, so I understand the disparity in the play calling. But still, the offensive line, you got to be able to open some more holes for the running game, give Bryce Young some more time so this, you know, this offense can be more effective. Now, it was good to see him take some more shots down the field, but you want to see them put it all together for four quarters. He needs more time in the pocket, and that's definitely something they didn't give him today. You mentioned shots down the field, but we really didn't see many shots down the field until the second right. half of yeah. the game. And I think, you know, everybody in the media booth, were, we were kind of saying all they've done is thrown screens. Yeah. And so it's a little frustrating to see the play calling yeah. in those instances because it does feel like Bryce yeah. Young can do more. And yeah, when he absolutely. is given a little bit more room, he does do more and makes longer completions. And so, you know, it was good to see him kind of scramble, uh, some of the broken plays and really make something yeah. out of that. I think that's something that we expected Bryce Young to do when he got to Carolina. So that was good to see. My biggest my biggest concern yeah. is the red zone play calling mm -hmm. because we saw very conservative. A, yeah, very conservative and um, going right up the middle on a lot of run plays, uh, doing it multiple times in yeah. a row when it wasn't working in the first place. Yep. And so, Gabe, I mean, you've played football. How do we fix this in the red zone? Because we've got to start capitalizing on these opportunities when we actually get down in the field. You want to be able to keep these defenses honest. I mean, if you're doing a lot of the same stuff on all these plays, if you're running up the middle on first down, fans were even booing on some first down right. Attempts because they're going right up the middle. You got to be able to get that play action game going. You got to run to set up the pass. It's one of the oldest adages in football, but it's true. I mean, you got to be able to not have this defense kind of get into a mode where they know what's coming every time. If you're able to throw some things off balance, you know, work on the timing a little bit more and get that play action game going, then you can be a lot more effective with the bootlegs and certain things in the red zone to be able to connect on those uh, plays and get those points. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the, the coaching staff says this week as they 
they prepare for the Detroit Lions, though. You mentioned the booing by the fans. We heard it in the media booth. Yeah. A lot of Vikings fans here, but certainly some Panthers fans participating in that as well. Miles Sanders actually talked about this after the game, so take a listen. It's not cool. Um, not cool at all, you know, especially, especially at home. It's just not a good feeling. We're not playing good football right now, and um, that's no point fingers at anybody, but but you know everybody. It's not just one person. It's it's everybody that has to do with this. You know, it's the whole offense, and it's something that we gotta we gotta change quick, or it's it's. This is going to be the, the tell of our story this year. We knew that this is a tough defense as far as, as they just bring a lot of un, you know crazy looks, a lot of pressure. They make it tough on you. They're not going to just sit back and play defense and show you what they're going to do. And so we just didn't execute on a few opportunities. Um, and then you know you get pushed back, and, and, and it's tough. So um, we got to find a way to continue to have positive momentum and once we get in the red zone and, and to uh, you know capitalize on the opportunities when we get them. You know, I got to look at those play by play. You know, I feel like, um, you know, last week we did a good job in the red zone. Um, you know, I really liked our red zone game plan coming into this game a lot. Um, I think we had a couple opportunities, you know, but I'm not sure. I got to go back and look at the film. I know there was one for sure that I thought we could add a touchdown on something, but um, we got to go back and look at look at the tape. So we've been beating up on the offense a little bit, but there were some maybe good things to pull from this, and certainly Bryce Young seeing the pressure. I felt yep. like he saw the field mm -hmm. a little bit better today, uh, which was good to see, but also some other playmakers. You got Chuba Hubbard yep. and LaVisca Chenault really making a statement, even though LaVisca maybe wasn't on the field as much as we would like to have seen him, he made a big difference. No, absolutely he did. I mean, he showed that he's really your power back. Despite him being listed as a receiver, it takes more than one guy to bring him down. He had that one carry for seven yards, but it was an effective, a strong seven yards, looking like a fullback yeah. almost, you know. So I think that's a big thing you want it because this offense, when they want to run the football, you got to have a bigger back in there. And you mentioned true, but I think he's really making a strong case to get a lot more carries. Only 12 on the season coming into today had 14. So I think now we're starting to see, okay, he's able to open things up a little bit more. And this is a big year for him. Third year here in Carolina, kind of a make or break prove it year for him. You want to be able to kind of do things more this year to establish that long-term security. So I think Chuba definitely making a strong case. I think with Miles Sanders, though, mentioning him real quick, I think that groin injury might be a little bit more serious than we think because he definitely has not looked the same so far this year. So I think that's something to monitor as well. But I really want to see Raheem Blackshear as well get a little bit, I mean, become active at some point because he's a guy that can really make a difference too. But I think what we saw out of LaVisca and Truba is definitely, you know, gives me a little bit of hope that maybe we can get things going a little bit more in the run game. And it is good to have hope in the run game. Only yeah. 83 yards on the ground in today's loss. And that's something that the Panthers staff really touched on, that they wanted to establish yeah. a running game. I don't necessarily know if today was that game to do it just because it, right. it kind of got shut down a little bit early on. Um, they certainly were able to put a little bit something better together yeah. in the second half, but still some some identity issues, I think, yeah. need to be worked out with the offense. No, absolutely. I think this team, you know, it wants to be a power running football team. Well, you got to be able to establish that. If you want to be a play action team, you got to be like, you got to be able to find something. You can't just, you know, call plays and be all willing and be all over the place, so to speak. You have to be able to find that and you got to stick to it. You can't just do one thing and hey, it's effective for one drive or two drives or a couple plays. If it's effective, keep doing it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
So I think once this team can find that, which I think they're close to doing so, I think we could see this offense take off. Yeah, so we're talking about the running game and Chubra Hubbard, but we also got to talk about Terrace Marshall Jr., who had a pretty good game today in the loss to the Vikings. We got to talk with him after the game, and we've got that interview coming up for you here real soon, guys. All right, so if you're over football season, the good news is that basketball season is just around the corner. Duke basketball takes the court for the first time in about a month, and tonight we've got a preview of the Blue Devils as they look to make another run at the ACC. It's all coming up here next on Charlotte Sports Live. Most wonderful time of year. We're a month away from the start of the college basketball season. The Duke Blue Devils will open up the year on November 6th at Cameron Indoor Stadium, a place where they went 16-0 last year on their way to an ACC title. However, this year Duke will be without Derek Lively and Caleb Love, who they lost in the draft and the portal respectively. But Blue Devils still return 80% of their roster from last season, and it was a big reason why now two-time captain Jeremy Roach decided to return. Everybody coming back, I mean, Tyrese Flip, Mark, uh, there was a, that was a big factor in me coming back. I mean, then obviously, the, you know, we had a number of recruiting freshman class. Uh, we have a, a chance to win a national championship. So, I, I mean, that's always been my goal here to, from uh, coming to Duke. So I'm trying to finish it off in the right way. Duke season opener is November 6th against Dartmouth at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Back to the Panthers. No offensive touchdowns today for them, but that doesn't mean they didn't have some bright spots. Yeah, Terrace Marshall Jr. with a breakout performance against the Vikings. He joined Gabe and Carla after the final whistle. Well, we are talking with players that had career days despite the loss. And, of course, Terrace Marshall being one of the, those. Terrace, 9 of 10 today for 56 yards. A great game for you. What was different about today for you? Uh, you know, just opportunity. You know, I was able to go out there and uh, feel like make the most of it, you know, and uh, I still left some stuff out there, but, uh, you know, just uh, grateful, you know, all glory to God for being in this position. And all week, uh, head coach Frank Wright talked about you guys coming out with a sense of urgency, you know, to save me through your preparation and how you feel like that carried over into your performance this afternoon. Uh, throughout the week, you know, just going to practice and uh, just uh, taking game reps, you know, uh, before you get to the game. Uh, just treat practice like it's a game, you know, uh, approaching it every day, you know, like it's my last. And, uh, uh, that's pretty much my approach throughout the week. I know that's my team's uh, approach throughout the week. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to get the job done today, but uh, best believe, you know, I believe in this team. We're going to go back to the drawing board. How frustrating is it for you? We've talked to Adam Thielen after some of these losses where he says what you're putting together is not necessarily what you see in practice, that, you're, that the offense feels like they can do more. How do you kind of assess uh, the carryover from practice into these games? Uh, man, I mean, my, my thing is just we just got to keep going. You know, uh, losses happen. And, uh, you know, it's a long season. It's the beginning of the season. So, you know, I got all faith in this team that we're going to fix this and that we're going to come back stronger and uh, we're going to make the correction. And Bryce's first game back from injury, you know, what have you? What did you see from him this afternoon as he continues to, you know, just grow and mature in the league, obviously coming off that injury that he had a couple uh, definitely weeks ago? Definitely more confidence, more poise. Uh, I'm def I definitely trust him back there. Uh, you know, like I said, we didn't get the results we wanted yeah. today, but uh, this team definitely improved from the previous week. So, I mean, I'm just looking forward to see where this team is going to go, and I know we're going to go far. I know you probably noticed being here on the field today, a lot of purple in the stands. What would you say to Panthers fans about just the turnout that the Vikings fans had here in the home stadium here in Carolina? Uh, I say, uh, man, we're looking forward to more home games. Uh, definitely going to need more and more, more of the energy from the fans. A couple games on the road. It's pretty tough ones. Going to Detroit, going to Miami, you know, obviously you want to go in to the bye week with a strong performance. You know, just how do you turn the page and get back to the drawing board ahead of those uh, two? Just go back to the preparation. You know, uh, just 
you know, going to the drawing board tomorrow, you know, and uh, fixing all the mistakes and uh, just going out there this week with an uh, intent to be great. You know, I know that's what I'm going to do. I know that's what I'm going to get out of my team. And uh, just looking forward to it. All right, Terrence, we appreciate it so much. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Well, if there is a team that could use a bye week soon, it is the Carolina Panthers. But they have two tough road games standing in the way ahead of that week seven bye. We look ahead to what's next on the schedule when we come back. The L's are stacking up for Carolina, and it's not going to get any easier in the short term. The Panthers hit the road for the next two weeks. They're in Detroit a week from today. Lions then in Miami the following Sunday against the Dolphins. Guys, 0-6 here. Very real possibility until something changes and unless it changes fast for now though we're going to fastly send it back out to Gabe and Carla who are also looking ahead that's right we're still here at Bank of America Stadium and right now we're talking about next week's game so next Sunday the Carolina Panthers back on the road and they face the Detroit Lions which used to not be a big thing right yeah. when you're talking about Detroit it was not a, a scary thing but this year it is a different team and a different animal and the Carolina Panthers certainly need to be prepared for this game Gabe yeah this ain't your mama's Detroit Lions I'll <laughs> say that I mean this is the team Dan Campbell I mean he talked about biting the kneecaps off in yeah. his opening press conference he definitely has that team playing inspired last season going nine and eight. We already saw them in the preseason. They were able to come here and get that win. They go to the Kansas City, beat the defending champs, just come off a big win on Thursday night against the Packers. So this is a team really tough, hard-nosed, getting that running game going, a great offensive line. David Montgomery having quite a season and Jared Goff looking good too. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be a tough matchup because this Lions team is definitely looking like one of the better teams in the entire NFL right now. Definitely the favorite up there in the NFC North. So the Panthers certainly have their work cut out for them next Sunday. Yeah, and of course we're going to have a bigger update later this week on the injury front. Hopefully Carolina getting a few players back maybe, hopefully. Um, and so we'll just kind of have to see how that plays out. I think the biggest thing though is they just have to, you can't make mistakes mistakes right. and, and crucial and, points yeah. of the game. I think if you look back at today's game, obviously Bryce Young played well yeah. up until he had the fumble that turned into the, the fumble recovery touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and you look at the the penalties, and those were, you know, a, a lot of penalties, but they were really in crucial moments, yeah. right, at certain points in the game where you really couldn't afford to have a penalty. Um, and so I think that's what Carolina really needs to focus on is, you know, you're not going to be able to change too much of your right. identity. You can maybe clean some things up, but I think that's the biggest thing for me. No, for sure. I mean, you got to look because you got to be disciplined, especially now you're going on the road back-to-back -back games. You got Detroit, and then you got Miami right after that. Don't want to look at it too much, but the thing is, those penalties we saw how bad the precinct penalties were last week on the oh, road. Yeah. So knowing that you have, you still have that to clean up. That all comes down to discipline. Just getting back in the film room, being more disciplined, harping on the little things. I know it's a cliche. I know it's kind of some coach speak, but that's what they need to do. I mean, there's really not too, too much of the big picture things to fix. If this team can just tweak little things here and there, I think we can start to see them turn the corner. But next week, definitely going to be quite a stiff challenge for them. Yeah, so we will see if the Panthers can get a win next week. they got a lot of hard work between now and Sunday, though, guys. We'll send it back to you, and we'll have our crowns a little bit later as well. Later, it's coming up next. And in case you missed it last night, a crown-worthy moment from App State's Michael Hughes. He drills a career-long 54-yarder with no time remaining to help the Mountaineers escape against ULM. See what else makes the QC crown cut next. All right, don't forget, Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast, including all of our Panthers content that you can't get anywhere else. You can find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now let's send it back out to the stadium one final time to get Carla and Gabe's QC crown tonight. 
That's right. Our crown is literally right behind us as we speak. Uh, we were talking about what to give it to when we were looking mm -hmm. over there. We said it's the unified yeah. flag football team. We didn't have to look too far. Right. This is a really cool thing that the Carolina Panthers are doing. No, for sure. I mean, their first ever, you know, unified team coming together to play the Vikings. This is a really cool opportunity. I mean, for them to be able to come out here right after a game, you get to play on an NFL stadium. I mean, it's flag football. It's a beautiful fall day. So this is a great you know, opportunity for all these guys out here. And it's going to be fun to see. Hopefully we might see uh, some, some good action. Who knows? Yeah, Somebody. we've even got some fans in the sands, of course, Special Olympics for Minnesota and Special Olympics for North Carolina teaming up behind us. Uh, and so just a special moment here after the game today, guys. And now it's our turn. Grace, what do you got? All right, well, we know we had to get baseball in. Final final day of the regular season. Our crown going to the Atlanta Braves. 307 home runs. It's a Braves single season record, and it ties the MLB single season record. Again, final day of the regular season. Unfortunately, the Braves lost 10-9 to the Nats today, but you know what? it doesn't matter because they have the best record in baseball, 104 wins, and they are the favorite to win it all. I think next week's going to be the week the Panthers get that win. Against Miami? No, against uh, Detroit. Oh, that's right. We got yeah. Detroit first, so. Uh, no. It's going to be a tough what one, but Miami? we will. No. They're in trouble. We're going to end on a positive note. We will hear from the team, and hopefully it's another uh, good week of practice for them and they can turn this thing around. But for Mike Lissette, I'm Grace Grill. Have a good night, everybody.